Hi, uh, this is Mark Archer from Alternate. Hi, this is Ian from Dream Frequency. This is Slip Matt, and you're in turn to the On The Rave. On The Rave. On The Rave! Podcast. Watch your bass spins, I'm telling you. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, ravers of all ages, welcome to a brand new year on the On The Rave Podcast. My name is Gav. I'm Adi. And we're going to do what we do best here at the On The Rave Podcast, which is start you off with a little bit of... Ravers Choice. Addy, who has selected the first track of 2021? It's our period from Down Under, it's Coops. Ah, from the land that doesn't exist and what does she want with a plate? Vegemite. No, she doesn't. Vegemite's awful. <laughs> she, wants to, she wants us to play Dormouse, anyone that named a track. Sick, let's get it on. Pussy all big and wet, smell like dead fish. Pussy all big and wet, smell like dead fish. Pussy all big and wet, smell like dead fish. Pussy all big and wet, smell like dead fish. Pussy all big and wet, smelling like dead fish. Pussy all big and wet, smelling like dead fish. Don't rock, don't rock, don't rock, don't rock, don't rock. Pussy, 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 pussy. Pussy all big, smelling like dead fish. Don't be embarrassed about opening your mouth and letting rip with all your mouth. Don't rock, pussy all big and wet, smelling like dead fish. One more time.
Gargan, that was a little bit of Ravas choice, Patreon choice from the land that doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. The world down under with all the Vegemite munchers and all of that crap. Oh, yeah. keep you keep your Vegemite and keep your Tam Tams. <laughs> keep them all to yourself. Um, we're about to kick off 2021 with um, in style, yeah, in proper style with a with a really really good guest for all he is. You could say he's a bit of a cunt. You could you could say he's a massive cunt. So what you're going to hear is a Zoom conversation that Addy and I had with the amazing cunt and from the gang. And the gang. E Addy, guess what? What is that, Gavin? We've managed to get another one of those guests on this podcast of ours. I'm I'm, I'm fucking amazed that anyone will ever speak to us, but, you know, who's it this week? Well, we're, we're kicking off 2021 with an absolute blinder. Um, the proper country, you might say. You might say, yeah, yeah. We're starting off with the lead man, the front man, the man Cunt from Cunt and the Gang. He's online with us today. Hello, Cunt. How's it going? All right, lads. All good. Well, apart from being stuck in lockdown, obviously, which is fucking shit. But other oh. than that... Oh, it's all good. Absolutely. It's, it's, we, we are, we're in Newcastle, so we haven't actually been out of lockdown in fucking ages anyway, so no. it's just like, it, it is life now. I have not <laughs> in my kitchen since November, uh, since like, was it late October, early yeah, November? Uh, I've not, I've not dunked a fry in a fucking fryer since then, like, so trapped indoors, the only time I ever get to come out is when we do these recordings up in Spenfica. Yeah. We do have a lovely layer of snow everywhere. Do you have the white shit on the floor where you are? No, we've got nothing here. Nothing at all. Oh, it, it, it's, Sunshine. It's like Himalayas up here. The it is. like you'd be, you'd be fooled to think you weren't wandering around in fucking Yeti country. Yeah. Like, especially out <laughs> in the countryside at Addy's Gaff. Um, for, for those who are not aware of who you are, do you want to just tell the Ravers a little bit about what you do in the world of music? Um, I've always felt like I've kind of just lurked around the periphery of the world of music. <laughs> it sort of it sort of falls halfway between music and comedy, and so in a way it doesn't really fit in. You know, either, either of them. You know, it sort of falls falls sort of bang in the middle. I think so. Yeah, it's, it's it's basically musical comedy. But when you say that, you always think of four Oxbridge twats stood around a piano wearing tuxedos. Um, <laughs> but I, I think it's kind of the antithesis to that. It's just songs about everyday life. Like it started off as being the songs you kind of. The stuff you talked about down your, down the pub with your mates and just setting that to music, like you know, washing your cock before you go for a night out and those kind of things. And then, um, obviously, yeah, I, I sort of I, I thought there was a limited shelf life to that. And then um, Operation U Tree came along and gave me a whole new lease of life. Yeah, obviously it was terrible for the four hundred people that Jimmy Savile. Uh, we've gone on to this early, haven't we? We've gone too early with, with, yeah, with no, the U no, Tree. You don't talk about diddling. Uh, Savile's diddling as much as you want, lad. Don't worry about it. Go in hard, go in heavy, go in dry. <laughs> Savile did. Savile did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, Operation U Tree came along and gave me a new lease, new, new lease of life. And so yeah, it's just basically songs, comedy songs about things that other people don't really want to sing about. Yeah, and obviously recently you've had a flurry in politics as well. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I didn't necessarily, when I wrote it, I didn't think it was a political song because <laughs> I thought it was just a statement of fact. And, and then people started bringing politics into it. And I thought, well, I can't believe that anyone doesn't think Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt. <laughs> Even the people that voted for him. Yeah, you know, there's such a massive mountain of evidence to suggest it. The idea that you can argue against it. But, um, but yeah, pe 
people take their politics really personally. And I think with the way the kind of with the way the internet's gone, everything's got to be black or white now. So people take it as a personal slight. If you call Boris Johnson a fucking cunt, people take it personally and feel the need to defend him. And I kind of think it's fairly indefensible. Oh, absolutely. Abs- yes. Absolutely. My landlord, after after I'd seen the song and I played it for my landlord, he came around the other day to have a look at the pipes and his phone went off and he's only got it as his fucking ringtone. So <laughs> when he's on the building site with a bunch of Tories on the building site, his phone goes off and he starts dancing around, waving it in front of people. So if anything, you've made one guy who lays pipe for the council in here in Newcastle just the target uh, and, and just you've absolutely made his Christmas this year, like... As I said, um, mate, that that was it. That was the thing that surprised me. Was like after because it kind of it all came about quite quickly, and then it all disappeared quite quickly because once it kind of got in the charts, you know, no one covered it because because obviously, like all the media's run by rich Tories, isn't it? You know, yeah. so they just want to bury it as quickly as possible. But um, I've got loads of messages from people saying, "Thanks, mate. It's been a really shit year, and that really made my Christmas." So, you know, like. Ain't that fucking lovely? Like, you know, that you can just, you know, just call Boris Johnson a fucking cunt and he's just giving people a little fucking glimmer of hope in a shit fucking year. That's it, mate. Even the, like, uh, uh, even the sausage roll version is better than the sausage roll song that ended up at number fucking yeah. one. Like, so, and the, uh, the little stick man animation of him fucking the bat. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> the rounds on Facebook and Twitter and the likes just... Doing them little, um, them little crude animations just makes me really fucking happy. Like I, I could sit there doing them all day long. I did one. I did one for um, for I got uh, did a version of the traditional song, the Twelve Days of Christmas. That oh, just kind yeah. of. Yes, I've, uh, I listened to that the other day and it had me fucking howling. It's a five Ian Huntley's. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, but yeah. Oh no, what's what's five? Oh yeah, Rimming Rose West. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> straight after the show I sat and, sat and listened to it with my lass in the house the other day and she just she was trying not to giggle at it but she's been really enjoying that like when it goes quiet and she disappears for a second and I get in charge of YouTube I'm like put some cunt on a window up like come on let's swing it on it's proper it's proper great like uh, I love what you do my favourites are but Probably a combination of fuck sticks because it's yeah, now I'm, part of my vocabulary. Absolutely. <laughs> when you make a mistake and you ah oh, fuck sticks straight away, it, fuck just, sticks. it just it just falls into vocabulary. But um, just I can remember being in the crowd at the Queen Vic at Bangface and listening to you do Gentleman's Wash and just thinking that was the funniest thing that had ever come out of a man's mouth. Like just <laughs> hands like Peter Shilton, so your cock doesn't smell like Stilton. It's, it is a very much a genius bit of rhyming there, like it is, like it is, it is <laughs> poetry at its absolute fucking best. But I tell you what, again, thanks for spending some time and coming on to listen to it. Let's crack on and do a couple of these uh, questions and pick a few tunes and get some music on for the ravers. So we'll start off the way we always start off, Addy. Number one, bit of early in one. Let's go bullseye. In um, we've got a little bit of early influences, so. Who played the music in the house? Uh, what sort of thing was getting played when you were growing up? The music that was pushed on you by the powers that be? Well, do, do, do you know what? It was a bit weird. Like, I don't sort of feel like... My mum and dad didn't really listen to music a lot around, around the house. 
but um, we um, we would all sit down religiously every Thursday night and, and watch Top of the Pops. Ah. Um, you know, and that was like a, it was a big thing. We'd all sit down and watch Top of the Pops and and uh, have like a little tape player set up in front of the TV, ready for if there was one we liked, you'd go and press press record and play on it, and you'd all have to be quiet until the song had finished and then stop it. And I remember just getting berated by my dad for making a noise while uh, Barbara Streisand was singing Woman in Love. Because I didn't want that on the fucking tape for the week. Do you know what I mean? Look, um, but yeah, that, that was like kind of my early, earliest memories. And my mum had this stack of singles um, from the 60s that were just kind of, you know, were just kind of there. And, and you know, I'd sort of put them on the record player. And, and um, yeah, and they, were, they were a weird kind of eclectic sort of, mix of stuff but one of the things was you know um those kind of you'd get the albums and eps of cover versions yes. but you'd have you'd have no idea about this as a kid there was this ep that had um the ballad of bonnie and clyde that was by georgie fame i sort of subsequently realized but it was obviously you know the the the, the shit 60s singers or whoever recorded it but yeah this ballad of bonnie and clyde was one that i, I sort of listened as a kid and i remember thinking it was really, it's really bleak because they're just fucking, you know, they're murdering people, you know, and laughing about it all the way home. It's quite a, quite a twisted, bleak little song, but I wonder whether that's something that seeps into my psyche as, you know, an eight-year-old or whatever. Twisted in the wrong way or the right way. Well, I, you know, I, I, I suppose that would depend on your point of view, but I, I think the right way, you know, but, uh, well, yeah, we open all, to discussion. Just, could we all think you're the right way as well? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what then, um, uh, let's leave it at that and let's get a little bit of George fame on for everyone. This is the 1968 version of The Ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. Bonnie and Clyde were pretty looking people But I can tell you people, they were the devil's children Bonnie and Clyde began their evil doing One lazy afternoon down Savannah Together, pushing up there's just to welcome the sun and the morning dew. 
reputation laid a deadly ambush when Bonnie and Clyde came walking in the sunshine. A half a dozen carbines opened up on And that was George Fair with a ballad of Bonnie and Clyde. That would go a little bit of 1968 all over your fake neck, face, neck, <laughs> your face, your neck fake, and chest, on, all over your fake chest is what I was going to fucking say. <laughs> Get me tongue tied. It's the start of the year, man. I'm out of practice. Well, I haven't had a beer yet, so you know. Well, that's we it. can't even blame the room on this fucking podcast. No, geez. no, one chair for later. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. We'll see if Newcastle stand a chance against fucking Arsenal. No chance. No at chance all. at all. Um, let's get on with section two of the podcast, which we call Finding yeah, Your Own food. Feet. So, after the music that was uh, forced on you by Top thrust, of the Pops. Thrust upon you. Yeah. Or, or that you interrupted on Top of the Pops by giggling during your dad's little recording sessions. What music did you start to discover for yourself? What did you go out and get fistful of? Um, in It it, it would have been kind of like early 80s when I was sort of buying my first first music and uh where I would grab it slided from because the they, last they, few podcasts we've been like discovering where people have actually bought their first one first bits of vinyl from and mine was always Woolworths back in the day. What well, Woolworths was in the town centre but our little local Prada shops had a toy shop that also sold records. Uh, you know like well, you had, had sort of one one rack of records and uh I've got I remember I got my first yeah, got my first single from there. My uncle took me up there and uh, uh, I bought um, Elvis Costello's Oliver's Army and at the same time bought the Village Peoples in the Navy. <laughs> <laughs> Two great choices there. Well, uh, still on it with the comedy, man. It seems to have been seeped in you from the start because in the Navy it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's just, I, I, I never fucking got tired of the Village Peoples. You know, like they had some great fucking, you know, proper like, Dance floor bangers because well, I, I sort of started DJing people's weddings and the village people was like one of those ones that you could just pull out and you knew it filled the dance floor, you know, with the old YMCA and in the Navy, everyone clapping along. Yeah. You know, big macho blokes all dancing along within the Navy. I, I fucking loved it. <laughs> get but but yeah, yeah, I, I started to get into like um, get into the early electronic pop stuff, you know, OMD, OMD and um, the Flock of Seagulls and Human League. And, and Depeche Mode were obviously like from around here. So be, becoming a teenager, we, you know, you'd start to think, fucking hell, there's these blokes from around here who like a proper pop band and they're on top of the pops and everything. And obviously, like you sort of, you know, in the, in the late 80s, they broke America and you're like, these are blokes from Basildon. These are, you know, that's that bloke's garage. They rehearsed in there. Like, he got sucked off behind those bins over there. Like, that all happened around here. Get in. Yeah, yeah, that's the sort of thing that happened with us. Only we had a choice of Sting and Ant and Deck. So, you know, <laughs> at least you had Depeche Mode, yeah, someone a, with a little bit more... Uh, fucking Anthony Parton finger-blasted someone down, down that corridor down there. <laughs> Not quite the same. No. I'm playing... I don't know what. 
I, I, I personally would go on a tour of Newcastle to see the place where Sting got finger blasted by Ant and Deck. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, like it, it'll exist. It will. Top we'll, floor of the Cooper Ridge. Yeah, we'll find out what bar it was in, lad, and we'll send you some screenshots. Um, <laughs> a little plaque covered in jizz. <laughs> um, so, of all the stuff that you were listening to, you were like I was going to say, what attracted you to Depeche Mode? But it was just the fact that they were local lads, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I couldn't have known that originally when I when I kind of got into them. But it's just, just really like I really like that electronic pop sound. That was the that was the kind of thing you know, growing up as a kid. That was you know, that was was the sound. And yeah, it was just proper pop music. And I still you know, I still love them records, the early the early Depeche ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, fucking bring the silence is one of the ones that always comes in. Bring the silence. The silence. Enjoy the silence. Yeah, enjoy the silence there. Yeah, but yeah. don't break it. Just enjoy it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, don't break it. That'll slap you in the back of the head for ruining it. <laughs> um, so of all the Depeche Mode stuff that was on, is there one track that stood out and for any reason? My 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 favourite was See You because I just thought it was one of those kind of perfect little unrequited love songs, and it had it had a great video as well. And all sort of it feels like it's filmed in Woolworths. <laughs> uh, I don't want to. I don't want to plot spoiler and tell you what happens in the end. But it's well worth checking for you know for just a moment in time. It's, I mean nowadays it's really fucking twee, and and he's singing some of it in a in a photo booth. You know it's it's just it's just so of the era. And and weirdly it was directed by um, Julian Temple, I think, who did Rock and Roll Swindle and you know a lot of the kind of punk films. But well, it's, I, I I definitely think it's worth going, well worth a look. They're playing the little keyboard plovers on on tills and calculators. Like it's, it's fantastic. Get in. Well, if you want to take a second to stop and go away and watch the video, and then come back and let everyone know what you thought. But uh, for now, we'll leave you with a little bit of "See You" by Depeche Mode.
Manchester with Deepesh Mode coming all the way out of 1982 before there was even a gab on the planet um, uh, from a broken a broken frame. Um, uh, but Addy, guess what? What's up? It's that time again. It's <laughs> This is the moment where Cunts decided to play his wild card and we've got a second helping of finding your own feet and um, someone that I've just pointed out a nice little fact to both of these guys about. Do you want to tell a little bit about the track that you've chose and the guy whose track you've chose for your uh, wild card? So this, this was around the time there was a lot of kind of novelty singles in the early and mid-80s and, and this was one that was just blew my fucking mind. Uh, it's Alexi Sal, Hello John, Got a New Motor. And because obviously, like, in the 80s, when you got a record, you'd play it, then the first thing you do is turn it over and play the B-side. Then you turn it back over and play the A-side, and you'd just play it to fucking death. And I had the 12-inch of this single, and it was in four parts. So you had part one, part two, part three, and funnily enough, part four. <laughs> and they kind of got increasingly, increasingly more explicit until part four, it's just a barrage of fucking explicit words, and it's fantastic. And as a you know, as a, as a kid, kind of going in, you know, I, I suppose I must have been kind of twelve or thirteen. It just blew my mind that you could get away with doing this on records. And we were walking around just quoting swathes of it, prick bollocks, prick bollocks. You know, it was just fucking blew like blew our minds. You know, really just appealed to that kind of you know young teenage sensibility of. We're just going to be as rude and offensive as we possibly can. And here's this bloke getting away, and he's got it on a record. Yeah, that's it. And Alexi Sale was one of those, like, because he did, he was an actor, but he also did comedy and some of his stand-up comedy from... Well, some of his bits, is, especially in the, the young ones and stuff like that, his bit parts are fucking amazingly good. Yeah, yeah. He's, I mean, he, he's kind of just such an integral part of the young ones, which is just yeah. such a fucking fantastic show anyway. Um, well, let's get a little bit of Alexi Sale on for everyone. So for the wild card, um, uh, we're going for part four? Yeah, part four, yeah, sorry. That's all right. Let's play for part four of uh, John Gonimota. Hello. What's the damage, John Minicabs here? Now, everybody's out at the moment. If you'd like some up money laundered, please fuck off after the tone. Come here, come here, now, come here, now, come here, come here, yeah, yeah, you 
Hey, babies, do ya? Rainbows in black and white round your way, eh? I went to fucking North once, it was fucking closed. Yeah, Northern can. Yeah, Northern fucking can. Painted blue, you fucking can. Clothes, can. Fucking can. You wanker, you fucking wanker, you fucking wanker. Oh, look, here's Mr. Sweary. Hello, Mr. Sweary. Fuck off, you anchor, fuck off, you anchor. In your box, Mr. Sweary. Fuck off, you anchor, fuck off, you anchor. Fucking cunt, eh? Who's a fucking cunt, eh? Who's a fucking cunt, eh? Who's a fucking cunt, eh? Are you sad, you stupid fucking parrot? Fucking cunt, wanker, you fucking cunt. Well, it's not gonna be at all, right? As you ever do, what? Leave it out, all right? Learn from this podcast. Of the old swear words. Oh, we are the probably are older swear words. Older swear days. words. Yeah, definitely. Let's crack on with section three of this show, which is the first rave memory. Yeah. So, do you remember the first rave you specifically went to, or like everyone else, is your memory kind of hazy? Or is the first rave that you went to bang face? <laughs> uh, we weren't big ravers, you know. We like. When we when we was teenagers, we'd kind of go to the shit local club. Yeah. You know, like kind of everyone does when you when you kind of just near enough old enough to get into a club, you know. But you've only got one pound fifty, so so you have to kind of sit over the field like drinking warm cider. Oh yes. You know, and, and until the minute the doors open, and you have to get in in the first hour because that's when it's free. 
and then you've probably got like enough money for a kind of watered down pint between you. Yeah, um, one pint of Stan Woodpecker for one thirty and stuff like that in the Ritzian town. The real. <laughs> so was it like an old club slash bingo hall thing where you were at? Well, there was there was a club, a like a purpose built club in Grays called Pizzazz. It was proper, you know, like sort of spangly curtain, you know, and, and lots of mirrored walls and plastic trees kind of thing. Oh. And then uh, and then there was Raquel's in Basildon, which was kind of a, a bit more hardcore and sort of, yeah, I, mean, I, w- I wouldn't say hardcore, but, you know, <laughs> a, a bit more lively. But Pizzazz on a Thursday was, you know, you'd have to wear your trousers with a crease down the front, you know, yeah. and, and dig it dig out your uncle's shoes and uh, and go, you know, just go, I mean, and it was fucking rubbish. It was really fucking rubbish. Um, and, and they'd play like, you know, all, all the kind of dance hits of the day, uh, along with, you know, like, come on Eileen and uh, and all that kind of shit. But, and, you know, and, and at, uh, at midnight, they'd put on a, put on a slowie and you'd kind of try and coerce a girl to kind of, you know, move slowly with you, with you, with your little chubby on, trying to keep it away from her so she don't notice. And then, if you didn't pull, then you'd get one more chance at ten to two. They'd put on uh, "Boys to Men," the end of the road, and you kind of just look, look around for any, any kind of girls that are in a, enough of a state to have not uh, not had a slow dance with anyone, and try and drag them onto the dance floor. It was just fucking horrendous, joyless, fucking yeah, just horrible. But you you are smiling from ear to ear at these memories. So I sense a deep-seated, absolute love of those days. Like, I mean, no, I don't. I don't think any of us. I just don't think any of us actually fucking enjoyed it. But we still done it every week because really there weren't anything else. There weren't anything else we could do because I don't think any of us drove then. You know, to kind of get a bit further afield. But um, the the song that kind of reminds me of those times is. uh, Two unlimited, get ready for this. Oh. And the, D, the, the DJ would always play that. And you'd have all the kind of smooth guys stood around the side in their bolero jackets <laughs> uh, and, and, and frilly shirts. And uh, me and my mate Dennis had worked out this dance routine to get ready for this, where you'd kind of you'd, you'd reenact a series of sporting events. You know, like, for example, one, one would bowl and the other one would kind of cricket bat. And then you'd kind of pretend you were playing tennis, like, do 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 bat, do 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 backhand, yeah. you know. Yeah, like, like, next time I'm at a rave and that comes on, I'm so stealing that, like, absolutely stealing that. We'll have a little bit of cricket and some badminton or something like that, like. Um, but that, that, may have, that may have directly correlated why we never actually pulled in these clubs. Well, that was my next question. Yeah. <laughs> Is this going to work? Is it, did it work for you? And then, are we going to do it next time? Yeah. <laughs> no, no, I think you know. I think if you if you want to go out and remain faithful to your missus, definitely do the two unlimited dance. Well, I think I think we'd we'd bob on for that than me. No, yeah. that, that'll be us. I, I'm sure our missus will be very very happy to hear that we're uh, we're going to be going out and doing the two unlimited dance. You see, we're learning. <laughs> we're learning lessons about you are working. Yeah, no, every, uh, every day is a school day, Gav. You yeah, never stop learning. Never stop learning. <laughs> older and older, but still actually fucking taking something in between these guys and wars. Then. Very little, but something. <laughs> well, we'll <laughs> go on and get some two and limited on for everyone. Well, are you ready for this? Ah. <laughs> 
ready for this? kind of anticipating it i'd say i was kind of anticipating it uh, a little bit of 1991 uh, blasting out for everyone out there um that was section three this is section four when we talk about festival fever so are you into a bit of a music festival have you been to many um what's your takings on what we like to refer to as a little bit of outdoor, outdoor noise and um, i don't think i was a big festival guy you know like we kind of 
we got out of going to the out to the shit clubs, and then um, there was a kind of bit of an indie boom. And so we, you know, once once uh, once we could kind of get up to London, we used to go up to London and go to indie clubs and you know listen to a lot of guitar music and uh, you know an alternative stuff. And then you'd kind of get your shit alternative clubs spring up in Essex, and and we kind of go out to them. And then I, I, yeah, I went to a few festivals, but mostly like like V and kind of localish, localish sort of ones. Um, and uh, I've done like quite a lot of outdoor gigs, you know, the big kind of summer outdoor gigs when I see Blur at Mile End and Madstock and, you know, I went to see Madness outside quite a few times because they, they, were, they were my kind of, you know, my favourite band. And so any time they played, we'd kind of go and see them. Yeah, I bet you they make some good mouth. I've never seen Madness at a festival, like, but um, no, I went to a V festival years and years ago. I never went to V. I went to a lot of other ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I, went, I went to all sorts of festivals. The first year I went to festivals, I went to all sorts. And I think uh, one of the only bands I remember from going to V was Stereophonics. Oh, And um, just fucking Kelly, Kelly Jones, Kelly Jones? I can't remember his name. Kelly something. He's got it is, Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah, it's Kelly something, isn't it? But um, his vocals live were just fucking terrible. Um, and that's sort of my memory of going to that festival is being like, yeah, I'm going to see Stereophonics. They're going to do a thousand trees. It's going to be great. And turning up, and he just he just sounded absolutely shite. And I was like, oh well, this is uh, this is this is a bit dink, but never mind. Um, so of all of the festivals you've been to, then is is there any? I, I don't know. Where, I don't know whether what you just described is the festival experience when you haven't had enough to drink or imbibe, because. I, you know, I remember seeing seeing right, see Radiohead at V, and thinking, and 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 the same with like um, Beck kind of sounded wafty, and and I don't know whether it's just you hadn't reached that point where you'd had actually put enough down your neck to find it any good, because when you talk about your memories at me at Bankface, I was fucking terrible, but everyone was so mashed. You were everyone I spoke to. Sunday at Bankface, yeah. we'd be there for three days. And I, I had to pull myself out of the chalet to come along to see you. Quite literally put, got pulled out of the chalet and propped on a speaker stack just beside him. And it was like, but you made my day that day. Like, I was full of energy after that. You brought more people around on that Sunday than a full Sunday fucking dinner could have. Like, like I think everyone... It was about 2.30 2 on a Sunday afternoon. And yeah. it, it was like Dawn of the Dead people coming in there where yeah. people have been on it all weekend. Just the... The fucking state of people coming in, but no, it was excellent. Yeah, we were we were amongst the state. I mean, yes. whenever we've played at a bang face, we've generally played early on. But the one time we did play on the sun, was Sunday, Sunday, Sunday afternoon, he was so fucking shit faced, man. Like I, I, took, <laughs> I didn't take myself off the bed, but I made sure to have a quiet word on the Saturday night, make sure I didn't go too far. But he was still saying fractals and dog cocks at two, and I was running around <laughs> dog cocks and people. Uh, yeah. That's because I got up at six in the morning. Then ah, I've got a good seven hours till I've got to play. I'll just have some of these. I'll drink some of that. There's a bottle of rum. I'll have some of all these things. And then I just started running around. And then my mate Tony T here put a put an arm around us, took me back to my chalet, and made me a, a pie with some gravy on, and sent me to bed for an hour. So sober up, DJ. Yeah, true, true story. Went well though. Yeah, I highly recommend it. So your memory? Yeah, did you pull, did you pull it off then? Yes, it, it went down really well actually. <laughs> I was very surprised. I had to go straight to bed afterwards. I was absolutely exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> it took the rest of my energy for the rest of the day, and I had to go. I went back to bed, 
and I got one. Tony asked us again, do you want something to eat? And I don't know if you ate anything at Bang Face, but there's not, there's not a lot to choose from. So he was just like, I'll just bring you something back. He was like, I brought you a kebab back. <laughs> I, I still could not tell you what meat was in that kebab. It was great. I've never seen anything like it before. It was just grey meat, Mate, mystery meat. I'm sure it was the carpet. Because, like, oh. that, that, yeah, a big lump of carpet disappeared from that little room where all the arcades are and stuff like uh, that. And I'm sure that was just getting shaved to go in the kebabs. I wouldn't be like surprised, guy, but tears to like carpet. Yeah, well, that would done. So your memory of performing at, at Bangface is just a performance of zombies, was it? Uh, well, I, I was I was really fucking ill. Like where I'd been, I'd been touring, and uh, two nights before in Nottingham, I just my voice just completely went. Like where I, I'd had like a really heavy cold, my voice just went. Like literally fucking lost my voice, and um, so I was just getting people up on stage to sing the songs. You know, and I was kind of just you know, prompting them and dancing along next to them while they random people sang the songs. And then I, I was in Liverpool the next night and just did the same thing. And so that Sunday, um, woke up in the morning, just had no, like, I couldn't, you know, you sort of open your mouth, nothing come out at all. Yeah. And so I, I got on the phone to the organisers and just said, this, mate, this cunt here, I've completely lost my voice. What do you, you know... I won't keep continuing that way, but said like, what, what the fucking hell do you want me to do? Like, I, I can't come and I can't come and sing. Do you want me to come and I can mime, I can croak my way through the set, or have a set of instrumentals, or cancel? And they just said, just come and croak, croak your way through. But uh, so that's that's what I did. And like, I have to say, probably Bangface has been the gig out of anyone I ever done that most people have gone, oh mate, I was there and I saw you and it was fucking blinding. And me thinking that's one of the worst gigs I've ever done. People <laughs> were matched. People were absolutely fucking pickled. Yeah, yeah, pickled would be a word for it. Yeah, definitely. There's festivals that I've played at that I've just got no memory of the night before, and people coming up was going, "Oh, mate, oh, your MC was mint last night," and I'm like, "Dude, I can remember the first half a bottle of Bugfast, yeah, and then it. that's it." I remember waking <laughs> up on the floor of someone else's tent. Like, I've got no idea. Just fucking uh, whatever. Um, so when it comes to festivals, is there anyone who you've seen at a festival who you particularly enjoyed, who you'd like to play a track of, or a tune that reminds you of festivals you'd like to play? But we, we saw, we see the, the the prodigy at V, which was fucking amazing. But when I think of when I think of festivals in the summer, because um, we went to see Madness across so many summers, I remember seeing as as Wad supporting them one time. Oh. And they were the tightest fucking band I've ever seen in my entire life. Amazing. And they, they wheeled out Dawn Penn and played No, No, No. And I just still remember that. It was just, it's such a big fucking tune. And that just makes me think of a hot summer day with a hot pint in your hand, just <laughs> waiting to see your favourite band and something fucking, just a complete sideswipe coming on and just blowing you away. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's fine. There's no better. I, to be fair, I think I'd absolutely fucking love to see Aswad pissed in the sunshine. I'd, I'd, I'd dance my little tits off to some shine in the sunshine. Like. To, to be fair, I'd, I'd go and see fucking Jimmy As Savile perform live in the sunshine just to get out of the fucking house for fucking 10 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> at the minute, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, well, let's get a little bit of Dawn Penn on then. Well, a bit of no, no, no. Yeah, the, the, the taste and sound of 1994 from Big Beat. Let's get it on. Wait, 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 w
That was a little bit of dog pad with no, no, no. Yeah, amazing. Nice big beaty tune for everyone to get into. And that just, like, to me, that does appear nice outdoor noise. That's it does. It does. And if you, if you want to be a bit more ravey, when I was trying to, when I was searching for this to download, I found a uh, jungle remix on uh, Jungle Mania 3. If you want to go and dig that out, the it's quality. not very good. The quality. It's the a bit quality. more ravey. Yeah, the quality of an album like Jungle Mania, Mania 3. 3. Whoa. Oh, wasn't good enough. <laughs> to but that fucking third version whoa uh let's get into section five of the podcast this is my favorite section of the podcast which is shared discoveries so are there any artists out there who you don't think get enough credit for what they do who you'd like more people to listen to and would like to play one of their songs out for everyone on our show for the ravers of the on the rave extended universe well obviously you can't choose yourself can you so i i i, I decided to choose there was a band I played with in Bristol probably like over half a dozen times called the Dagger Brothers. And uh, I just thought they were fucking like nothing, like nothing else I saw. Tour, you know, I toured around the country for kind of nearly 15 years and they were like nothing else I saw in that whole time. Um, and just loads, of, just had loads of really good songs and a real kind of insightful lyrics. But they were also like the most Marmite band I ever played with. I'd be <laughs> stood there watching them and just have swathes of people coming up and going, for fuck's sake, cunt, when are these cunts going to finish? <laughs> um, but I really like that about them. They were kind of like a, a sort of synth duo, 
but homoerotic and like you know just made people feel really uncomfortable nice. and you sort of you felt like there was a joke in there somewhere but you weren't sure if you were in on it and then at times you kind of thought actually maybe I'm wrong maybe there isn't a joke there but yeah just it sort of made you feel really uneasy and uncertain of what it was and I think that's great you know where where everything's kind of put on a plate for you they they did you know did the opposite of that yeah I like, I like a little bit of that like we're big fans of Marmite on the podcast as well yeah, so huge like, fans well, we love a bit of that I've just, I've, just listened to the, I've never heard of the Dagger Brothers before but uh, this track's particularly amusing I, I was off my arse off it earlier like so being a man with, uh, with 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 good and trustworthy opinions, what's your thoughts on this, the the name of the guy who this song's about? What do you have any thoughts about uh, about Bono? It's just it's just too easy, isn't it, to call Bono a cunt because he's successful and he's rich, but he's a cunt, isn't he? Yes, yeah. I think South Park did it the best by suggesting that he was a five foot eleven piece of shit, <laughs> like. I think that I think they they absolutely nail their Bono. There's a lot of reasons to think that Bono's a good. Myself personally, it's because I cannot get that fucking U2 album off my fucking iPhone, no matter how too much how many times I delete it. iTunes still put it on there all the time. I'll just randomize it, and U2 will be back on my iPhone. Cannot get rid of it. This is this is the trouble. Is like to to kind of rape people's phones with an album. You know, it's, it's unconsensual entry, isn't it? Like, it is, it is. Yeah. But they've got away with it scot-free. Yeah, that it really, it really is oral rape, but with an AU. Yeah. Uh, it's, one of, it's one of those ones, yeah. Fucking shine bastard. Well, let's get a little bit of Dagger Brothers on for anyone. Where can people find Dagger Brothers? Do you know? They'll probably be all over Google, Google them. Google them. There you yeah, go. They've got a lot of tunes on YouTube. I was looking at it earlier. Spot on. We'll get on to YouTube, find some Dagger Brothers. Um, and give them a listen on the recommendation of Cunt. Um, this is from the, this song is from 2012 uh, from the album Hot Doctor, and it's called Bono's Song. Every time I Six of the On The Rave podcast is the moment where I ask my man to 
the left to set the scene. So cunt, you and little cunt are on stage at the Queen Vic at Bangface and you're having a very croaky, croaky set. You've paddled your way through, you've got through the end of it you've, and you've come off stage, you and little cunt, and you're stepping your way through cat victims here. Plague victims on the left, the zombies in the corner, me and Gav getting propped up by the speaker stack. And you've walked into another room, you meet, maybe make yourself a nice lemony tea for your throat, save yourself. And the DJ comes on and plays the best tune that you've ever heard in your life. Are you hands in the air or are you screw facing down? Hands in the air. Hey! We love a bit of arms in the air. We do love a bit of arms we in do. the air. So, what sort of music, like, what sort of music makes those arms go in the air? Well, I would have to say, like, we, we went and see a lot of indie gigs, uh, sort of in the early 90s, and uh, I just got, I got addicted to going to see the Inspiral Carpets, and they were just such a fucking banging band. And, uh, like, I'll probably see them, like, a dozen times, you know, through, through the sort of early 90s, in little places, big places, but... um. They wheeled out. Uh, I mean, they just had so many, so many good songs, and just such a great sound. And they were an odd-looking bunch. So, I mean, there weren't really an handsome bloke in that fucking band. And I think that's why they, you know, that's why they're not remembered in the same kind of, you know, with the same kind of reverence as, you know, as not that there was, not that the Happy Mondays weren't necessarily, you know, like a, a bunch of models or, or the Stone Roses, you know, could, could have done the Calvin Klein pants ads. But, <laughs> I mean, the Inspiral Carpets were a motley-looking fucking bunch. Um, they, they, they would not have needed to dance to Two Unlimited to not pull in a nightclub. <laughs> but, um, but they just had some fucking banging, banging tunes. It was just a proper great live band. And, and so, yeah, you'd go back and see them, and they would just deliver every time you went to see them. Yeah, there are bands out there who I've found are like that, like even just, like... Even some of the local, it's a local DJ up here, Sandy. Yes. So every time I see Sandy, he's just class no matter what he's playing. And it's it's the bands like that that always put a smile on your face that are good. And, Consistent. Um, yeah. Consistently you, good. Yeah, you've just ruined my next wank by making us picture Sean Ryder in a pair of Calvins as well. By, uh, yeah, like that, 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 that doesn't... Um, oh, that's not going away fast. Um, so <laughs> Spiral Carpet tunes out there. Which one's the most likely to make you expose your armpits? It's got to be Generations. Ah, oh, there we go. All the way out of 1992. Uh, let's get a little bit of Inspiral Carpets. Don't look at them, everyone. Close your eyes and listen to them and enjoy the music. Don't get an eyeful. We're not talking Backstreet Boys here. We're definitely talking... It's proper cry one territory. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Hop in the shower and have a cry wank to some Inspiral Carpets. Uh, this is Generations. Yeah. 
there we go for everyone that's a little bit of inspiral puppets that was generation coming all the way out of the wonderful 1992 good year in music very good year uh, good year in music section seven of the on podcast is the dedication section uh this is the section where we offer our guests the chance to pick someone to dedicate a song to and to dedicate it to them so i will hand over to Clint. who would you like to dedicate a song to and why and what song so I want to dedicate this song uh, to my mate Andy. Uh, he was a guy who got us into making music on keyboards and uh, he was a couple of years older than us and like groomed me and a couple of me mates. We, we were working together in Burton's and he kind of groomed us and, and took us up to his flat. He had a flat on the 13th floor of this tower block in uh, in. Chapel in in Essex. I can see and, uh, a little bit being edited out of context, like <laughs> about grooming <laughs> people and taking them up to his flat in Essex, right? And uh, it oh. get us up to the get us up to the thirteenth floor of his flat, and in his spare room, he just had this had this little keyboard set up, and it just fucking blew my mind. Like, you know, in this tower block in Essex, there's this bloke who's making music that sounds like Depeche Mode, like he had backing vocals and everything. And uh, he just he just kind of you know grew me into getting my own little four track set up and start you know and to start demoing music and so the reason I ended up making plinky plonky synth music on my own was really because of you know this chance meeting uh, with with this bloke at Burton's and it turned out I was related to him as well after all that Very, really odd. This has gone a little bit Alabama, hasn't it? Like, it's like it's gone backwards. It's definitely deep south. So, what tune would you like to uh, dedicate to who I'm going to refer to as Andy the Groomer? <laughs> I mean, it make it makes it all worse in forcing himself upon me. The fact that we were related at the end of it. Yeah, um, a little bit. Uh, I want to dedicate uh, Stan Ridgeway's "Can't Stop the Show," and I think in these fucking bleak times, I think there's a nice message in there. Uh, you know, for everyone to take on bold. Your gum, it don't look good. 
when you chew And I've told you time and time before You're a showgirl business in here. The curtains go up and both lights go on and Betsy's in her birthday suit spinning her baton but I think she did it better last year before a boyfriend broke her arm and they don't know what we know nobody knows why Again, Ali. It's guilty pleasures. Yeah, so the bone of contention that is guilty pleasures. Cunt, where do you lie on guilty pleasures? Do you think they exist? Do you believe in them? Do you know what? I would I would say no, because I'm happy to talk about anything I like. You know, I like some fucking terrible stuff. You know, I, I, I like Barbie Girl and I like So Macho by Sunita, but there's oh, nothing oh. I can do about that. There's nothing I can do about that. If you like it, you like it. And if you fucking deny it, you know, you're just lying to yourself. But that said, if I was making a playlist when certain mates come round, I wouldn't necessarily put, you know, I'm not going to put Hazel Dean on when I've got someone I want to impress coming round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I get that. I you know, get so that. I'm, I'm sort of on the fence a little bit with it. Yeah. So are there any, are there any particular artists who you'd be absolutely gutted if, they could hear if you if, if if a beautiful woman walked into you in the shower with your Spotify playlist coming on and you were absolutely belting out any particular artist, is there one that would make you go, Oh, fucking hurt, uh, cover your head in shame? Oh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think if we're talking about my, my choice for this section, you know, this is probably less of a pulling device than the two unlimited dance, <laughs> um, but. The, the reason I've cho- the reason I've chosen it is um, sort of talked about uh, being you know being a mobile DJ and DJing people's weddings mm-hmm. and you had this kind of little you know dozen or so staples that whatever time of the night it was whatever state the dance floor was in you could put this on and it would be an absolute banger and everyone would be up and this particular song would be one you could play at any time of night and you knew it would get the nans up it would get the kids up and they all they'd all be stamping their feet. And they'd all be shaking their fists and they'd all be singing along at the top of their voice to Gary Glitters, I'm the leader of the gang I am. Yeah. And obviously, subsequently, people are shaking their fists for a different reason. But (laughs) 
it's a fucking tune. It's an absolute banger. I think that's the that's the sad thing about it is that there there are some people out there who root, they spoil themselves, don't they? They spoil <laughs> themselves. <laughs> Himself, isn't he? Yeah, really. I have got a little plastic. You remember, you remember um, those cassette containers? You'd oh, get? yes, the long plastic ones that opened out like that. Yeah, like an elongated pack lunchbox from the 80s. And I've got one somewhere at my mum and dad's house, which has got four, yeah, four cassettes Gary Glitter's greatest hits one and two, um, <laughs> all the different sides and bits and pieces like that. And I, I can, this was this is part of my collection. And I do have recollections of singing this really loud until one day finding out the true story and seeing the pictures of him bald in Thailand <laughs> and, and bobbing around on a on a little bike in Cambodia looking to bum some kids. Yeah. <laughs> what what can you say? You know what I mean? I reckon there's some people out there that are probably still absolutely oblivious to that. There'll be some nana somewhere who request this at a fucking school disco or at a, or at a charity disco. You know what I mean? I reckon. I reckon there's still people out there who shamelessly put this on. That's probably DJ oh, Smith, oh, friend of the show. Oh, dear me. I've, I've got to say, I, I was club DJing one night, and it was the week after he'd been on trial. And you know the mischievous side in you thinks, what would happen if you put it on? So <laughs> I, did, I, I played it as the last track of the night, and it just fucking cleared the dance floor. <laughs> and I... I had this massive queue of people just converge on the DJ booth going, get it off, get it off. <laughs> and this girl was crying and she went, I hope you're happy. You've just ruined the night for everyone. <laughs> and I've looked down and there was like four students just dancing around ironically to it. <laughs> no, well, that's it. Like, so at least we know how to, I know it is. There's so many DJs out there that yeah. need, that need a floor clearer for the end of the night. One of those ones that will get everyone to fuck off home, you know Yeah. And also, it's just music. He's not singing about nonsense kids. He just does it. No, he wasn't fingering kids when he recorded the record. He did that no, subsequently. Not to my, not to my knowledge. <laughs> there wasn't a squelchy sound in the background if you, if you listen to it really carefully. <laughs> you never know. This might oh, be... that's an early 303. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what it was? It might have one of those roller coaster of love moments. You know, this, like the, the, the little hidden secret about roller coaster with love. The fact that the scream at the start was like a prostitute who was being killed in the studio. Maybe if you put it on and you listen really carefully, you can hear the whimper of a really sad five-year-old Cam Cambodian lad who just wasn't he wasn't ready for where that thumb was going from a Bulgari. The wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, absolutely the wrong place at the wrong time. Well, speaking of wrong, let's get a little bit of Gary Glitter on. I don't think we've played Gary Glitter on the podcast. Funnily enough, no, no. Um, uh, well, uh, we'll put a little timestamp just in case you want to skip it. But this is Gary Glitter with the leader of the gang, I am.
behind bars um, with thumb cuffs on so he can't go touch it. In any case, let's crack on and talk about goats. So, um, this is one of the ones that's quite diversive. Um, was there a lot of people that came up when you were talking about or thinking about the greatest of all time or did this jump out? Is it something that people know about you that you love this act? Um, yeah, I've, I've never made any secret of it. I've if I think of my favourite band of all time, it's always been the same and it's never wavered. It's, it's always been madness since I was a kid, like all the way through growing up and right up till now. Yeah, that's spot on. And uh, I absolutely love madness. It's one of the ones that regularly goes on in our household. And as we were just discussing off tape there, it's another one of God's dad's karaoke songs. <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> my dad loves his, his stack his stack system that he had in the late 80s and early 90s. And uh, it was another one of those ones where he put his six inch, just like Mac the Knife, just like Eurasia. Um, uh, when he do, I love to hear you. And then he would put on Madness and do the carry. He's like, have little dances and hold his finger out while he was doing it. For such a manly man, he was an awful camp dancer, my friend. <laughs> like, that's the memories I've got of him. But, um, so you've seen, you've seen Madness a few times live, he said as well. What are they like live? Yeah, just uh, I've never never been disappointed, and you always felt like even like I went to see them at a couple of matinee shows, but you never feel like they're just dialing it in. Like you always feel like, you know, you get your money. They, they put on they put on a good show, and they're just they're my favourite band because they were the first band I really sort of discovered growing up that I felt like sort of spoke to me, you know, um, and uh, I just think they got they got one of the best greatest hits. Out of any, you know, you talk about anyone in the history of music. Like, I think they kind of go toe to toe with the Beatles on their kind of greatest hits. And like for me, growing up, it was always about singles, you know. And and just they've just got so many fucking good singles. And when you talk about a band who you can kind of go, like, go on to two hands and then carry on going with with how many good singles they've had. I just think Madness fucking tick all the boxes for us. Yeah, yeah, no, I couldn't have reason as any. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Although I've never seen Madness live. I, I used to work, well, I did a few shifts working in a bar right close to this big performing arena in Newcastle, a little bar called The Globe, which is just around the corner from the Metro Arena. And uh, every time Madness were there for a few gigs, you'd see such a variety of people and you'd see so many skinheads with their Fred Perry's on and stuff like that, but you'd get old people's and you'd get proper Karens and stuff like that, all just 
getting pissed and having a good time and coming out of the matinee performance, as you said, massive smiles across their faces and stuff like that. And I think a lot of what they do is just overwhelmingly positive. Good time and, music, huh? Yeah, it is. Good time music's a really good way to put it, Addy. Um, if it wasn't this track, is there another one? Like, if you, if you want to name off a few of your favourite hits of them? I mean, yes, like singles wise, Our House, oh, um, Sun, and, Sun and the Rain, Embarrassment, yeah. Return of Lost Palmer 7, My Girl. I could just, I could go on and on all day, you know, and, and sort of right up to the latest stuff. Yeah. Sort of One Better Day and Yesterday's Men. Yeah, like for me, it's like Night Boat to Cairo. I absolutely love that tune. It's just a little bit different from what they've done. And uh, yeah. Cardiac Arrest, um, as I say, is another one that's just strong imagery is what I always get. But um, what made you pick this tune that you've picked in particular as like the epitome of madness? But I think this one just kind of, it was the first song I ever heard by Madness. And I just think it just, you know, it talks to kids and grown-ups with the same kind of language. It's just... And, and the, the, the feel of the song is, is urgent and it's over before you kind of, you know, before you've, you've really enjoyed it and you have to just put it on again. You know, it's just a fucking, it's a great song. Yeah, yeah. Couldn't, uh, couldn't agree more. Absolutely. Um, uh, so why don't you introduce the song for all the ravers? Baggy Trousers. <laughs> Thank you. 
see, there you go. And I hope you've all got your elbows up. I've got baggy trousers on anyway, so Pulling your imagi- your imaginary suspenders out and stuff like that. Uh, invoking memories of school days and stuff like that with a little bit of baggy trousers by Madness. That was the goat selected by Cunt. Um, uh, as I say, it's been wonderful to sit down and listen and uh, have a bit crack. Thank you for spending some time with all of the ravers here at the On The Rave podcast. We're down to the very last track selection, uh, which is the personal anthem section. So is there one song out there that you would declare your personal anthem? We like to spin this as if you were a member of the WWE or an old school British wrestling, what tune would be on as you walked down to the ring um, is the sort of thing. So when it came to personal anthems, was this a hard one or did it jump out at you? Like, no, this is some. This is this is a song. It's a song that I've kind of sort of been in my periphery for years, and I just kind of uh, just recently started re-listening to it and just thinking, what a great fucking message this song's got. Um, and uh, you know, I, I feel like I've made some I've, I've I've made some questionable decisions in things I've done in the past, but I've always just done whatever the fucking hell. I wanted, I think, and I think this song does sort of sum that up. Just your, your free, your free nature, and the whole no regrets sort of thing about what you do in the, in the world and what you do musically and stuff. No, I think you know, I think people, especially nowadays, like a lot of things are kind of about people do things for how it's going to look, you know, and people people yeah. uh, on you know on social media chase chase the likes and make statements to kind of get the get the, the, the blue thumbs up but I've tried not to do that you know I've tried to just kind of follow me out and just do whatever I feel like doing and so that's it yeah I feel like this song is is kind of a is one that I wouldn't mind played when I eventually get picked off by someone on a grassy knoll at my funeral <laughs> um, yeah Tom Petty I won't back down class song Lovely. class song yeah. I, do, I, I do love a bit of Tom Petty like so I think that's a very fitting point to end the podcast um, as was said, thank you for spending an hour of your time sitting talking to two Geordie Dobbs about the tunes that made you. And um, Nonsen. And Nonsen, yeah, which, which obviously did get picked up along the way. Um, uh, thanks for everything that you do in music and yes. thanks for putting smiles on, on people's faces um, towards the end of the year. A bit of a grim year that ended off brilliantly, especially with that hardcore mix. Um, of, uh, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt. That's, yeah. that's, that's a lovely mix. It's a lovely yeah. mix of it. Uh, but what we'll do... Oh, Dan, Dan LeSpam will be touched by that. <laughs> Thanks again for having us on, lads. It's been a pleasure. Good problem, mate. Any time. Spot on. Uh, we've really, really enjoyed it. Um, for everyone that's been listening, this is the personal anthem tune for Cunt. Um, where can people find you, Cunt, if they want to find you? I see written behind you. Is that uh, katg.co.uk? katg.co.uk. And you can follow Cunt and the gang on Spotify. Um, uh, if you want to find them on there, or like a good selection of the tunes are on Spotify as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so it, if, if you Google Cunt and the Gang, then the website and all the socials pop up so on Twitter and Facebook and all them. There you go. There you go. So you can dive on there and get involved if you need a little bit more cunt in your life. And at these times, who the fuck doesn't? Exactly. Exactly. Uh, this is Tom Petty with I Won't Back Down.
Daddy, wasn't that a wonderful conversation to crack off the air? What a nice cunt. He was. What a good cunt he was. And uh, I know you can't see, but guys, he was smiling from ear to ear the whole time through doing that. And it was just a lovely conversation to have with a guy who uh, just has put smiles on so many faces. He does, especially in this lockdown era. Yeah, that's it. And if you haven't already got it, get online, get on Amazon or wherever and buy a copy of... Uh, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt slash sausage roll. Yeah, uh, which, whichever one suits your tanner. There is a rave mix of it, so, you know, get involved. In fact, I might, I might do a double drop in there and do uh, science, one way and science another way. Eee, well, there you go. Um... We'll do what we always do on these shows and we'll end with a little bit of science. So, Addy, for 2021, whereabouts are you going to start off this year in science? This is a little bit of science break off. Wait you up for the new year. This is by Piss Tank and it's called Punching. That's an abbreviated name. If you want to go and see the full title of it, it's, uh, it's on Cockrock Disco. I'll leave that up to you. And also... After this, we'll play uh, Boris Johnson is a fucking cunt, the rave mix. Spot on. Um, I have been Gav. I'm Addy. And 2021 has been kicked off, but me and Addy are officially... Off the rave.
Cunt from Cunt and the Gang. Smell my fingers. They smell of On the Rave podcast. Boris, 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 Boris,